Richard Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. I started giving on that level so that God would owe me. Whatever you do right now, don't you stop tithing. Harvest responds only to seed, not to prayer. This is not about material wealth. This is about God in his providence orchestrating all of history in order to bring about that which we need more than anything else, and that is to be rescued from God. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome in. Welcome in to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hey, I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio. You know the drill. Todd is out on the campus somewhere looking for some students to talk with. We don't know who he's got lined up. And so let's not keep you waiting in the dark any longer listening to me. Let's send it out to Todd on the campus of Georgia Tech. There are two fellows sitting underneath a tree witnessing the two. Never easy, but let's give it a go, shall we? Gentlemen, I hate to interrupt this. Could I interrupt it, though, for just a moment and ask you a couple of questions on the radio? You up for that today? Um, I've already talked to you before. Is that uh, right? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. All right, let me walk over to your buddy here so we don't ignore him. Hello, young man. What's your first name? Uh, my name's Kip. Dude, are you a Bible-reading kind of guy? No, I'm not. How come? Um, probably due to laziness. I've tried to read it, but not hard enough. Okay. Why did you try to read it? I wanted to be able to say I'd read it because... Occasionally, radio men pop out of sidewalks. And it happens. And if you, and like, you would have been prepared. It would make for a better conversation. Now, aren't you yeah. sorry that you didn't read it when you were supposed to? I am regretting it a little bit. Yeah. At a dinner party and the subject comes up, you can say, seen the Ten Commandments. Expert. I've read the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Do you know what the Ten Commandments are? I probably couldn't list them sequentially. Not asking you to list them. What are they? What's the concept behind the Ten Commandments? A list of rules handed to us on high that we should follow. Well done. Have you followed them? To the best of my ability in most cases, yes. Hmm. I've not gone out of my way to break the Ten Commandments. Are you sure? Yes. I'm sure that I have not gone out of my way to break them. I'll bet you have. Out of my way? I mean, I'm pretty lazy. We've already established I'm not even willing to read the Bible. Okay, let's try this one. Uh, Lies. Have you have you lied before? I have. That took some energy. But I didn't go and lie with the idea of breaking the Ten Commandments. Does that make a difference? Honestly, some lies take less. Wait a second. We got gentlemen. Wait a second. Wait a second. This is not going to work out like this. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to have to get a little. Uh, uh, here. Yeah. I'm going to have to sit in the middle here. All right. So wait a second. What difference does it make? What zip code you're in, or what effort you put into lying? To go with the intention of lying or just, oop, I just ended up lying, really doesn't make a whole lot of difference, does it? I was going with the original question of whether or not I went out of my way. All right, fair enough. All right, I changed it on you. Does it make a difference? Um, In the general sense that the intention of your lie makes a difference, but in the context of the situation, excuse me, I'm not really sure. As a child, honoring your mother and father. Yes, I think I've tried to do that. But have you done it perfectly? Uh, no. All right, by the way, lying? Are you innocent or guilty there? Oh, I've lied. You've lied. All right, stealing. Stolen anything? Yes. Young man? Uh, yeah, probably. All right, let's try this one. Instead of acts outside of you, acts inside of your head. Lust. Have you lusted? Yes, I have lost it. All righty, young man. Have you ever been just really, oh, that jerk, that idiot? 
Yes, absolutely. Okay, so that would be like murdering in the heart. You don't commit the act, but you're actually murdering the person with your words or your thoughts. I would tend to disagree there, sir. Um, there might be a part of you that wants something bad to happen to that person, but at the same time, the reason why you don't actually act on that is because you can control that. You're not hurting them physically, but your thoughts and your words are murderous in their intent. By being unjustly angry with somebody, you murder in your heart. Because it's the thought that goes behind the act of physical murder. You haven't committed the act, so this isn't perhaps as bad a crime. But it's the thought behind murder that you are actually executing. The thought behind murder. I'd say that that's just uh, very, very, very far behind murder of actually just thinking, man, that guy's an idiot. Well, but that's why people sometimes murder people. They get angry and they murder. They, you, you lash out and you hurt somebody. Well, you don't go that far, but in your heart and in your mind, you are. You're murdering them in your heart. I, I haven't really talked to too many people about um, what process they went through to actually kill someone, so I honestly can't confirm or deny that statement. Um, but it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, that's what's going on. I mean, how many people murder somebody they really love? Uh, and, okay, who's not twisted? Who's not twisted? Well, it depends on if, uh, oh, is it Hickey from Eugene O'Neill's uh, The Iceman Cometh is twisted or not? Um Sorry, I just read that it's on my mind. Okay, um, but the point is, you kind of get the concept, right? No, absolutely. You're not following this at all. You're making the same jump that if I stub my toe and curse blindly at the fates that cause me to stub my toe, I'm somehow murdering something? Well, I don't think you can murder an inanimate object, but somebody... Have you ever had an attitude in your heart about somebody that was just kind of nasty because of the way they looked... Their weight, their size, their anything, their behavior, and you just thought really nasty things about them. I don't think that nasty, no. You don't do that? I don't, I wouldn't say it anywhere near murdering or even, even wishing ill harm on someone. Never done that, huh? If I would have, I think I would have reconciled it later with, nah, I was out of line. Let's try this as far as wishing for something. Coveting, desiring something that doesn't belong to you. Winning the lottery, getting that fancy car that doesn't belong to you. Have you ever coveted? I have wanted things I do not have. All right. Young man? Sure. All right. How many commandments did we just go through? Four? Five? Something like that? I give sure. Right? Something like that. About four or five? On the order, yeah. Okay, so you've broken four or five commandments. Here's my question for you. All right? Let's say you're a young man, you're a young man, but you die. Right. Although, dude, you're getting gray hair. What's up with that? You're aware of that, right? I live a very stressed life. I don't think so. My last name's great, too, so it's kind of cool. It works out. You know what that's called? Nominative determinism. I don't even know if I could say that. <laughs> nominative de- I'm not sure it applies to gray hair, but nominative determinism <laughs> is when your name sounds like something or it means something, and you go on to be that profession or live that way. I wish I would have been named awesome grad student. Uh, <laughs> or, or maybe just brunette. There you go. <laughs> Even better. Nice. Luscious head okay. of hair. Well, that would be a little wordy. Wouldn't fit hey. on most business cards. Yeah. You wouldn't get hired. Hyphens are cool, though. What's your first name? Kip. Kip. Luscious head of hair. Yeah. See, that just doesn't have anything to it. All right. Gentlemen, you've broken the commandments. All right. Let's say at your young age, God calls your number. It is time for you to die. Every man should think about this. What's going to happen when I die? It's going to happen. It is going to happen. Uh-huh. And he's going to judge you for every thought every word, every deed. Knowing that, that God sees everything that's going on in your heart and in your mind, every deed done in darkness, everything you failed to do, would God 
find you to be innocent or guilty of keeping his commandments. Mr. Gray? I would not put it in my realm of thought to guess what God would think of me. But you can conclude pretty easily. If you've broken the commandments, we can use it as a mirror to know exactly what the verdict would be. I wish I could say that I was knowledgeable enough about uh, the hereafter to say that there was a checklist or some sort of determined form that I'd fill out, but I just don't know enough about that, I guess. Let me suggest to you it's the Ten Commandments, all right? And you're filling out the form every day you live, and God's keeping track. And God knows exactly what's going on inside of your heart, your mind, and what you're doing, okay? And we... While we can't know the mind of God, secret things of God are God's secret things, but he's revealed some things to us, and he's revealed his standard by which he will judge the world, the Ten Commandments. So if you know that you've broken the commandments, then right away you should know this is a presumption that you would be guilty. You have the point, and I never contended otherwise, that I've broken the Ten Commandments, but... To go beyond that, I, I just I don't really feel, feel like I can. Go beyond it to where? What do you mean? I agree with you that I think God would be able to say that I've broken the Ten Commandments. But that is about as far as I could go, only on the logic that I have broken those Ten Commandments, as you just so proved. Well, then you can stop me if you think this is illogical, all right? But we have a sense of justice of what is right and wrong, and when a criminal is found to be guilty... We all know what happens to that person. He's not rewarded. He's punished. Correct? So following that line of justice, of understanding justice, if you're guilty and you're guilty and I'm guilty, I know that, what should God do with us? Should he reward us or should he punish us? What should God do with you? Uh, well... On that logic and that logic alone, and this is assuming that uh, the two of us... This is kind of the same point that Kip was making. Understand God enough to know how he would think, how he would act, um, which I think relates to how confident are we in the uh, truth of the Bible. Um, then, yeah, sure, God would punish us. God would throw me in a lake of fire until the uh, end of time, more or less, after I croak. Uh, that being said, I, uh, not myself, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. Um, I can't speak for anyone else here. Um, so I don't really have any reason to believe necessarily that uh, the Bible is the accurate uh, testament of what God would think out of a given situation. And break. Stop. Right. That's a good place to take a pause for just a moment. Just as we're getting right into the thick of it with these guys, we've got to take just a bit of a breather. Classic radio timing, right? Just when the conversation starts to heat up, we've got to step in and take a break. I know, I'm sorry, but don't worry. We'll be back with Todd and Kip and Riley coming up in just a moment. Hang tight. You're listening to Witness Wednesday from Georgia Tech here on Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries, Preborn Ministries and their network clinics. They are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the 
womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. We appreciate you when you tune in and listen every day. We appreciate you when you visit our website and purchase our resources. And we appreciate you when you reach into your pocket, pull out your hard-earned money and donate to this ministry. That means more to us than you realize. As a matter of fact, it means the world to us, quite literally, because you help us reach people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it costs way more than pocket land and warm feelings to produce Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth and Transformed. It takes resources and it takes gospel partners. So for those of you already on board as ongoing monthly gospel partners, thank you. And if you haven't become an ongoing monthly gospel partner, we would love it if you would prayerfully consider doing so. All of the answers to all of the questions we know you have can be found at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God? It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Books of the Bible. Zephaniah begins with a shocking prophecy that God will sweep away everything from the face of the earth. But in the midst of judgment, God offers hope of salvation. Zephaniah gives us a picture of God's terrible wrath and reminds us of the wrath Jesus took upon himself for our sake. Flee to the Savior and be saved. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back. It's a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio, and we are ready to get right back out to the campus at Georgia Tech as Todd and Kip and Riley have been continuing their conversation, and they've jumped into some pretty deep water so far, talking about the Ten Commandments and morality and the seriousness and consequences of our choices. And, you know, Todd's not even anywhere remotely finished with this conversation just yet. So let's get back to the campus now as Kip and Riley and Todd continue their conversation. Now, what I'm trying to persuade you in the most gentle, loving way that I possibly can is that you guys are wrongdoers. That's what I'm trying to persuade you of, that you guys are guilty criminals just like me. I would certainly agree, and I think that's true of anything that isn't a comic book. All right. Would you agree that you are a, if you will, a guilty criminal of breaking the Ten Commandments, the laws that you knew inside of you were wrong? Yes. All right. So, guys, Justice, don't go anywhere yet. No, I'm not going anywhere yet. All right. So, Justice says you should get something. You've earned something for yourself, and that would be punishment. Dude, while this life can be hard and it can be bad, Mm -hmm. 
It ain't not. I mean, what did you just eat? A 10-inch pizza sitting there? Uh, this was one slice of a 16-inch pizza that was made yesterday. Okay, and you had some sort of cherry cobbler thing in your backpack there? Life is sweet. Oh, yeah. Life life is sweet for me. I okay. mean, any pain I go through is nothing compared to about probably 50% of the planet at least. All right, now let me try an analogy. See which one of you can get this first, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a story, so figure this out, all right? If I tell a lie to my daughter... Do you know what's going to happen to me? She's 14. Do you know what's going to happen to me? Probably nothing. Bingo. Now, I'm going to tell a lie to my wife. Do you know what's going to happen to me, Kip? Uh, no, I do not. I'm probably going to sleep on the couch. Okay. All right? Now, let's say I told a lie to my boss. Do you know what's going to happen to me for lying to my employer? You'll probably get fired. I tell a lie to the government. It's called treason sometimes. Sometimes. The government can put me in jail. Or can kill you. Or it can kill me. Now, here's what I've done. I've committed the same crime four times, but I've received a more severe punishment each time. What changed in my little tale? Punishment. Wow, you're fast. Again, okay, who is dealing out the punishment? The one against whom I committed the crime. I committed the same crime, but it was against, if you will, a greater entity, and therefore the punishment is more severe. Are we tracking together, fellas? Are you with yes. me, Kim? Am I logicing this? Now, let's say <laughs> that God is the creator and maker of my child, my wife, my boss, and the government, and he runs everything in the universe. He is more powerful, more lofty, more exalted than any of them. If I tell a lie, and it's a crime against him, all of a sudden, my punishment should become infinitely horrible. Same crime, but I've committed it against a greater entity. Therefore, my punishment is exceedingly bad. Against an infinite person? Certainly. Um, based off the logic you just threw out there, the uh, greater the person, the bigger the punishment should be. Okay, so your lying, gentlemen, was against God. And your lusting was a crime against God. And if you've ever done worse than that, and don't even nod at me, if you've looked at pornography or if you fornicated, it was against God. If you have ever been naughty with your parents, which you have, it was a crime against God. If you've ever taken his name in vain, instead of thanking him, you used his name in a profane way. He says, I will not hold him blameless who takes my name in vain, because it's holy. So if you've done any of those crimes, which you have, and they're committed against God, which they are, the punishment that you deserve is exceedingly bad. It's called, anybody want to fill in the blank? I'm, I'm going to go with hell. It's going to go with hell. All right, so guys, you die. I'm not trying to be presumptive. I'm just trying to think this through. <laughs> I think it's a safe presumption to say that we're all going to die. We're all going to die, but if we're all guilty before God, we all deserve hell. Living in that world, yeah. Okay, and that is the world we're living in. All right. I, I wouldn't agree with you there. Okay. Um, but the I know time, you don't, but I'm trying to reason with you. Okay. All right, now, that's not why I came to the campus today. I did not come here to tell you that you're going to hell. You are, but that's not why I came here, okay? I came here with something different. I came here to reason with you, to maybe awaken that courtroom in your brain that says, I'm guilty, I've done wrong things, and I know it. I know I'm dirty inside, and I know i got a problem. I've come today to give you the solution to the problem. God's solution to your problem, and if you ever went to church as a kid is that God, the just judge, must give you what you've earned for yourself. But he is kind, and he's merciful, and he's gracious. But he's got to punish you because he's just. So we got tension going on right now. God looks down, he sees you a sinner, and he goes, i got to punish him because that's, that's what he's earned from me. 
but I'm loving and I love Kip and I love I, what did you say Riley 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 the Irish sort of hyphenated sort last of, name yes. guy I love Riley and I love Kip but I gotta punish them because I'm just so we got tension here so the way that God came up with a plan to be just and the justifier of those that he he forgives is to punish his son on your behalf God sent his son Jesus Christ as a representative for you because he took on human form but he's God himself took the punishment of men which was really God using men to pour out his wrath on his own son on your behalf died on a cross taking the punishment that you deserve so that if you gentlemen will listen to your conscience and agree with God I'm a sinner I'm not a good man I'm a bad man and I deserve his punishment you turn from your sins it's called repentance and you put your trust in Jesus Christ the goodness of Jesus will be credited to your account it's the great exchange God punishing the good man for the bad man God taking the bad man's sins and putting them on the good man so that you could be forgiven and God can forgive you and still be just at the same time so he can show justice and mercy and compassion all together Jesus died for the ungodly for you sinners and if you don't respond to this message of good news then he will give you what you deserved but this day he offers peace the terms are repent and trust his son lest he be angry and he will settle the score because of what Jesus did on your behalf and you will be forgiven and more than that you will be credited with the righteousness of Jesus because he kept all of the laws and the Ten Commandments his entire life that you couldn't keep he did and God will credit those to your account too it is called the good news of the gospel what I just gave to you you should be very afraid of hell but this is important you should not turn to him and put your trust in his son because you're scared of hell you should turn to him and put your trust in him because he has been so kind to make a way for you to die for you and save you from hell he wants you to come to him in tears not just scared of hell he wants you to come to him recognizing what a kind God that would save somebody like me that is God's desire to save you that by the way gentlemen while you're studying here at Georgia Tech that's your purpose in life is for God to save you he desires to save you so that he can point to you as a demonstration of his kindness so that God can be seen as a good God by saving a guy like you and a guy like you and a guy like me that's your purpose in this world is to glorify God by repenting and trusting his son that's why I came here was to let you know that there is a good news story now now we're done and I'm walking away and last time I walked away from you and I didn't like track you or put a chip into you to follow you or get you into my cult or to, or to get money from you guys we'll probably never see each other again maybe we'll bump into each other again my sort of Irish friend maybe we'll bump into each other you've got an Irish Kip is Irish too isn't it it's, uh, I couldn't say my name is child I'm Christopher ah isn't that ironic okay so it comes from Christ. Yeah, no, I, I, I got the I, from. Yeah, I might yeah. not have been able to do the cuff pun. But, but you got that <laughs> one. Yeah, that was All right. a little bit more straightforward. So, gentlemen, that's, that's what I wanted to share with you. And now I'm done. And now the ball is in your court, if you will. You need to figure out if what this stranger said was true. Because if it's not right, whoop-de-doo. In fact, I would recommend you live far more like a hedonist, clearly like a hedonist and not, not an Epicurean. An Epicurean would never eat day old pizza. No, 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 no. And whatever that cheap soda is that you're drinking. Big K. <laughs> Diet Dr. K. What a cheapskate. So you go on to it's be an Epicurean, same. okay? Eventually, yes. Eat, drink, and be merry, 
because you're going to die. So live life to the full if it's not true. But if what I'm proclaiming to you is true, then these this day, God, in his amazing kindness, offers you salvation. And he will save you this day if you will repent and trust him. If not, you will live your life filling up the cup of God's wrath, sin by sin, blasphemy by blasphemy, neglect by neglect, and then one day when he calls your number, he will pour out the cup of his wrath on you because you've earned it for yourself, and he's going to give you exactly what you deserved. So peace or war is the choice. You can be reconciled to God or stay at enmity with him. I'm proclaiming to you the terms of peace, repentance, and faith in his son. So all I can do, guys, is plead with you to think about it. Okay? All right? Guys, you're smart. right? Please think about it. Your soul is precious to you. You wouldn't sell me one of your eyes for a million dollars. I know it. And neither would you, Kip. Now imagine, you wouldn't sell me an eye for a million bucks. Your soul looks out the window of your eye. What is the value of your soul? Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his very soul? There's no reason to lose your soul when he offers you peace. Fair enough? enough. I'm done preaching. All right. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to re-meet you, Tom. Yes, nice to re-meet you, too. All right, gentlemen. And that, my friend, wraps up another interesting conversation here on Witness Wednesday. Those two kids kind of fed off each other. They were skeptical, but they weren't totally completely closed off to what Todd was saying. Let's keep them both in our prayers. Hope they do actually ponder what Todd shared with him today. Hey, listen, we've got more Witness Wednesday still to come from the campus of Georgia Tech. We don't want you to go anywhere. We want you to come right back here. We have much more Witness Wednesday coming up. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And we start with something that's not really news, it's just par for the course, I guess. The College of New Rochelle in New York has decided that they're going to start admitting biological men who identify as women. Again, it's par for the course, but I guess it is newsworthy. Write down the College of New Rochelle and see how their women's sports teams start to dominate. Shifting north, a Canadian medical group is urging doctors to prioritize social justice over medical expertise when treating patients. (laughs) That's some quality health care right there. I mean, let's make sure our cardiologists know more about critical race theory than actually saving people from heart attacks. I'm pretty sure the Hippocratic Oath says nothing about pushing ideology. Well, in the state of Florida, a high school principal got reassigned recently for letting a biological male play on the girls' flag football team. I don't mean to laugh, but there's so much parody already in flag football. Putting a male on a female sports team? Ridiculous to even think about. Black Lives Matter leader from Rhode Island is making waves for publicly endorsing Donald Trump in 2024 over the Democrats' economic failures. She said African Americans are suffering under Democratic policies and, quote, we're not stupid. Well, you know, that goes for all Americans, not just African Americans, but yeah, I feel the frustration. And across the pond, the UN has released a report saying that Americans need to eat less meat in order to curb climate change. That has a lot to do with it, doesn't it? I I don't know. I'm sure that they're going to say something about cows and I, I, I don't know. I've seen stuff like this before, but I don't think 
the climate is changing because of the amount of meat that Americans, or anybody for that matter, eats. And finally, remember when New Zealand announced a nationwide cigarette ban to permanently outlaw smoking for those born after 2008? Yeah, well that kind of got scrapped recently because, well, they desperately need that tobacco tax money in New Zealand. So I guess those rosy predictions on budget surpluses didn't pan out the way they thought they would. Mm-hmm. When you start facing economic realities, all of a sudden, the concerns about public health, well, those tend to magically disappear, don't they? That's politics for you, folks. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is giving. All Christians are commanded to give, but God has given some an extra measure of generosity so that they can give generously, knowing that God will provide for them as they work to provide for the needs of the church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which means Todd is out on the campus somewhere. And actually, it's Georgia Tech this week. And I don't know who he has lined up just yet to speak to. Don't know if it's a philosopher, a scientist, future president. We don't know who it is, but let's send it out to the campus and find out, shall we? What are you here to study? I'm studying exercise science. And you want to be a chiropractor or a physical therapist. So you've studied the body a fair amount, correct? Kind of, not really. Since I'm a freshman, I haven't really gotten into any like core classes, but I hope to be soon, yeah. All right. But the spine is kind of a big deal for chiropractors, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. It's, it's, it's the highway system where all of the information from up here runs throughout the course of your body, and if that's clogged or it's got a ditch in it, there's problems with the rest of your body. I think that's pretty amazing. What would you say is the explanation for our intricately designed bodies? Uh, well... I'm religious, so I'm a Christian, so I think, you know, we're made by a wonderful creator, God, and we're all made wonderfully in his image, so, yeah. That's that, okay. Well, yeah, just so you know, you're, you're among friends, okay, so I do too. Tell me, though, why do you believe that? Well, I've grown up in the church my whole life, and I've studied the Bible, and I've talked to people, and so after, like, long studying and reading the Bible and being around people, I just learned to find it the truth and stuff. So tell me, in your your study of the Bible, what do you believe the point and purpose of the Bible is? Mm, It's like a, kind of like a, not a road map, but a little bit of a guidance, like a book to tell us like what to do and like what not to do, what to follow, stuff like that, like a road map, I guess. So it's a morality book. Yes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's not a math book or a science book. Is it? Is it anything else besides a morality book? I don't know. I don't want to say. I mean, I don't really know. I'm not too sure. May I suggest to you 
that there is a verse that gives us the point of the Bible. Okay. It's Genesis 3.15. You're right. God made us. We're intricately designed. We're made in his image. We're image bearers of God. Male and female created he them. And God created two people perfectly. Adam and Eve in the garden. One law. They broke it. And they fell into sin. Brought a curse upon the world. And right away, as soon as God responds to their sin, he says to the woman, you're going to have a seed and it's going to crush the head of the serpent, but his heel is going to be bruised. It's, it's a little fuzzy in the details. There's going to be a seed, so it's singular, one person, and he's going to take, he's going to deal with what the devil tempted you to do. He's going to deal with the sin problem, but he's going to get bruised in the meantime. I think that's the thesis statement of the Bible, and the rest of the Bible is pointing toward that seed. Who is that seed? Jesus? That's what I think. Okay. Yeah. But that's the, that's the point of the Bible. It's, it's not morality per se. It has a lot of that in it, but that's not the point of it. The point of it is to point us toward the seed, Jesus Christ, because what you said about we're supposed to love one another and be kind to one another. I know that sounds nice, but that's actually a law. Because if I have to love everybody here as much as I love myself, I can't do it. I, I can't be loving. I can't, I can't love you. I can't love my kids. I can't love everybody the way that I'm supposed to. So love, while it's a wonderful thing, it's a law and it tells me I have a need for a savior because I don't love the way that I'm supposed to. So that's what I think the thesis statement of the Bible is. It's about Jesus Christ. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just for whatever this is worth. Would you please tell me what is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That he saves and that he'll come again and we'll all go to heaven if we do the right thing. Right? Right up until the end, I would have agreed okay. with you. Okay, right. that's fine. You kind of tagged it with if we do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. I don't do the right thing. Right. Okay, so what, so tell me specifically, the gospel, what is the good news of Jesus Christ? Give it to me in a, in a pithy sentence. <laughs> oh, my church is going to be so mad that I don't remember these things. Um, <laughs> well, I don't really know. <laughs> I guess, like, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you know, He's died for our sins, and right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Okay. I remember we heard that there's going to be a seed who's going to crush the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Abraham? Mm hmm. God made a covenant with him, a threefold covenant a land, a nation, and a seed. We see that word again. The land is Israel, the nation is the Jewish people, and the seed has yet to be determined. We don't know who that seed is. And God said, there will always be this land, there will always be this people, and I'm gonna provide a seed for you. That's called the Abrahamic covenant, God's contract with humanity. God made another covenant, another contract. It's called the Mosaic Covenant. This is like the Ten Commandments stuff, the sacrificial system, all that stuff you read about Leviticus and Deuteronomy. 
That was a covenant that promised the land and the sea, the land and the nation. If you obey my laws, I'm going to bless you. And here's why. I want you to be a peculiar people, a set apart, holy nation, a chosen people, because that's the people that I want the seed to come from, the Jewish people. So we got two covenants going on, Abrahamic covenant, Mosaic covenant, all right? Now cut to Jesus Christ is born at the right time in fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant because God promised that seed to Adam and Eve, promised it to Abraham, but because of the Mosaic covenant, that is why Jesus had to come. We break that covenant. We break those laws. We don't live up to God's standard. Jesus kept that covenant perfectly. The seed crushed the serpent when he died, but his heel was bruised because he was brutally beaten. So on the cross, Jesus Christ was dealing with the Abrahamic and Mosaic covenant. He was the fulfillment of the seed. He was fulfilling all that the Mosaic covenant pointed to that we're lawbreakers, he fulfilled all righteousness, took the punishment for the sins we deserve so that we could be forgiven and inherit eternal life. That's what the whole Bible is about. That's the whole thing. It's pointing to Jesus Christ. Right? So that is what I think the thesis, what the point of it is. Not a morale. It's got morals for us, but it's more about pointing toward our need for a savior. If I came to you and I said, I'd like to be a Christian. I'd like to have all of my sins forgiven. I'd like to go to heaven when I die. What must I do to be saved? What would you tell me? I would tell you to read the Bible, find like a good church to go to, study with maybe like a preacher or a priest or someone and, you know, get to know the Bible a bit more, do some studies, learn, and then hopefully be baptized and forgiven of your sins. Let's say okay. I came up to you and I had a knife in the middle of my back that I couldn't reach and I am, I've got three minutes to live. I can't go to church. I can't find a Bible. I can't study with a pastor. Please help me. What must I do to be saved? Go. Uh, I don't know. Like pray. <laughs> um, uh, that's kind of short time. I don't know. I feel like if you pray a bit and you know try to find it deep down in your heart like I want I, I don't really know I pray here here it is in a sentence believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved okay trust Christ turn from your sins believe in him and all of your sins will be forgiven and you'll inherit eternal life whether you get baptized or not before you die <laughs> God's grace will save you mm. how's that for an answer Sounds pretty good, right? My question then for you, this is the last one and I meet it this time. Okay. Have you done that? Have you repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ? Yes. When did that happen? Uh, when I was 13, I think. So, yeah. So, test question for you. If I gathered all of your friends and I asked them, what is the most important thing in Lisette's life? What would they say? <laughs> I feel like jokingly food, but then I feel like everyone would say family because family is really important to me. And hope a lot of my family is like church family. So like the church and family is very intercombined. Where does Jesus fit in the hierarchy of things that you value? Oh, he's like top priority, like God, heaven, Jesus, top. Would your friends agree with that assessment? I'd hope so. Yes. How do they, how would they know that? 
I mean, most of my friends are Christians as well. And I talk to them about going to church stuff. We all go to like the same church and stuff. So I feel like we all kind of know that Jesus is up there. Well, not up there, but he's like top priority and stuff. So, so when you die, you're a hundred percent certain you're going to heaven, correct? <laughs> yes. I hope so. Yes. But yeah. Okay. Hey, thank you very much. You're, you're, you know what? You're very nice. And you did <laughs> thank great. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap on that chat with Lisette. All right. Well, we've got much more Witness Wednesday still to come. We're not finished just yet. Stay with us. We'll be back with more from Todd on the campus of Georgia Tech. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. They get materials that they learn the Bible. They memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? All right, well, buckle up, get ready. Road Trip to Truth Season 4 is back. Host John Favara is also back this year. But what's different this year is he has a traveling companion. Our buddy Jake Ream is joining him on the Road Trip to Truth for Season 4. And this is not going to be your typical grandma's Bible study. No, 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 no. If any of our other seasons are any indication, you know exactly what you're in store for. Hard-hitting questions, controversial topics, and a heaping dose of biblical truth. Sin, death, atheism, racism, critical race theory, you name it, they're going to cover it this season, and they're not going to pull any punches while they're doing it. Get ready, because they're going to tackle the toughest issues facing Christians today from a solid biblical perspective. Road Trip to Truth, Season 4, available for purchase now at wretched.org slash four. That's wretched.org slash F-O-U-R. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> please Take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save. Or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to him in scripture. One name is El Roe, the God who sees. God is ultimately aware and concerned for us. 
Nothing escapes his vision. For the unsaved, this is a great terror. But for those who are in Christ, this is a great comfort. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back. It's a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio, and this has been a pretty interesting day so far from the campus of Georgia Tech, and we're not even close to being finished. Let's get back out to the campus now and see who Todd's tracked down now. So what do you think the point is of life? What do you think this God is up to? Well, I figure he's like he's the creator, right? Mm-hmm. And so I figure he wants us to kind of try to be like him and create our own things. I figure why else would he give us the ability to do whatever we feel like doing if he, you know, if he just didn't want us to use it? Mm-hmm. Okay. What about the afterlife? What do you think that's all about? Anything? I have no idea. I figure I'll find out when I get there. Yes, I agree with that. Do you think that there's a kind of a a good person, bad person sort of scenario setting up? Good people get rewarded, bad people go to a bad place? I wouldn't be surprised. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't think it would be permanent, but... I, th- I think there. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of a punishment reward system. What would you? What do you think would happen to you, Jeremy? Hopefully, you get rewarded. Because you're a good guy. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. For the most part, seventy percent. Uh, eighty, ninety. Eighty, ninety percent. About eighty yeah. percent. So you're about a B minus. Yeah. Is that I what? Guess. What is an eighty percent these days? I don't know. You do too. You're in the I, cryptonomics. I you know what an eighty percent? Well, you never get an eighty percent, do you? Oh, uh, sometimes. Do you? Yeah. Where'd it go? My kind of guy. <laughs> You're probably 90s and 100 most of the time, though, aren't you? Yeah, most. Yeah, okay. All right, fine. Not my kind of guy. All right. So you're sure you're good enough to go to a good place? Well, it really depends on what the actual, how it actually works and what the what the um, actual standard is. Standards are, yeah. I mean, if, if, it's, if the Christians are completely right, then I might be in trouble. But if... I'm right in that it's not that strict, then I'm fine. Okay. Let's see if we can figure out which one it is. Your conscience might have the answer for you. How many lies do you think you've told in your life? Lies or lies? Lies. lies. Untruths. I deceptive have no statements. idea. Probably a few, huh? Yeah. Okay. So you've told lies. All right. How many things do you think you've stolen in your lifetime, Jeremy? Trying to think of any that like physical objects that it's stolen. I don't Not think robbing stolen a bank anything. or at no. the store, but maybe change from your parents' dish on the dresser or downloading music. No. Now working a full shift, taking things that didn't belong to you. Not very much. Okay, some though. Maybe a little bit. All right. Okay. Have you ever done anything to dishonor mom and dad? Yeah. Yeah. We're naughty as a kid, like the rest of us. Yeah. Okay. Because that's that's a commandment. From God, at least the Christian yeah. concept of God. All right, it's a little deeper than that. This really goes into your conscience a little bit. Our thought life, the purity of our thought life when it comes to sexual things. Has your brain ever wandered and maybe run some movies in your brain that are R or X rated? Yeah. Yeah, you've done that. Okay, so here we go. Let's say you died and the books are opened up on Jeremy and the standard is the Ten Commandments. You've lied, you've stolen. You've committed the, the crime of not honoring mom and dad, and you've committed adultery in your heart by lusting. Okay? Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Use God's name in a, find that? Well, using God's name in a way that isn't honoring to him. Inst- you know, you hit your, your thumb yeah. with a hammer, and instead of praising his name, 
you use it as a I don't, I don't do that very often, but sometimes, yeah. Okay. Because imagine, he's the creator, he made everything, and instead of thanking him, we use it as a substitute for a potty word. Yeah. The weird thing with that, though, is I'm, when I'm saying that, I'm not actually thinking about God himself. I'm, it's just a word that's coming out. Yeah. So That probably makes it worse. Yeah, in a way. Okay, but so I mean, here's, if here's the situation. Here's what we were trying to do is to see, to try to reason with you, to see what that standard, what it's going to look like for you. Based on that alone, based on that standard of asking you four questions, if God judged you, Jeremy, would you be innocent or guilty? Would you be a good person or a bad person in his eyes? Well, I mean, you got to consider that there's very many worse things than what I have done. Perhaps. For the most part, I haven't actually caused other people very much harm. Okay, that could be Jeremy, but that would be like a criminal pointing at another criminal and saying, he did worse things, Judge. Yeah. The judge will say, I, he has a separate court case. Jeremy, I'm looking at your record. You've broken the laws. Okay, well, if you want to look at it in terms of laws, if you, you know, shoot like 10 people, you're going to be persecuted pretty badly. If you rob a candy store and take one candy bar from a candy store, they're, they might find you, but... It's not going to be a huge punishment. I, I agree, but here's here's the situation. There's a You're thinking on a horizontal plane, and I'd like to direct you to the vertical plane, all right? It's not so much what we do that's the problem. It's the one against whom we've committed the crime that's the problem, okay? Because we can think boys will be boys. We look at girls and we lust. It's no big deal. But God, who's the creator of the universe, looks down and says, oh, no, that's not good at all. And it's a big offense because it's a crime against him. Or if we use his name in a low way, we might just think, well, whatever. But he, because he's so perfect, finds it deeply offensive because of his character and his nature. So that's our problem. It's not so much that we're spectacular sinners. It's the one against whom we've committed the crimes, and that is God. So he's looking at your court, your court case. The books are open, and it's probably longer. How long is that book? Longer than Cryptonomicon, which is how many? 900 pages. So 900 pages on Jeremy's life, every deed done in darkness. If you've ever looked on things that the Internet you shouldn't have looked at or done things that would not be appropriate to do with another person or a girl or you've been angry at somebody driving down the freeway, you didn't always thank God for food and for air and for clothes. The books are open. What do you think God should do with you, Jeremy? Should he reward you and take you to heaven saying he's a good guy? Or would he say he's a lawbreaker, he's guilty, he's a bad guy? Off to hell with him. He's got to be punished. If you assume the punishment is eternal, then no, it wouldn't be a punishment thing. If you assume the punishment is temporary, then yeah, there could be some punishment. Okay. Here's here's why it would be infinite. Because it's crimes against an infinite God. And the, and the punishment must be infinite because it's an infinitely high offense. Okay, you brought up the Christian concept of judgment. Right? It's strict. It's a black and white kind of affair. But tell me what else you know about Christianity that gets you off the hook. Because if oh, this were the end the of the story, card. you've got no, the Jesus story. That's right. What did Jesus do so that you can be forgiven? He basically takes on everybody's sins and instead of having them suffer for them, he suffers for them himself yeah. in order to forgive them. Right. Because God can't turn a blind eye to justice. He can't just say, well, I'll let him go. That wouldn't be just. There had to be a fine payer for you to be set free. Jesus, the fine payer, for you. That's good news. Yeah. That's not bad news anymore. Suddenly no, that's amazingly good news. Yeah, I would say so. Dude, why wouldn't you believe that? 
Well, it's, it's not to say that I disbelieve it. It's that I, I don't believe it or disbelieve it. It's just I have no idea. Yeah. Well, if you're neither, you're not. Because if you're not for him, you're against him. If you're ambivalent, you're against him. It's either true or it isn't. And you either respond to it or you don't. Here's what God's looking for, okay? God's not looking to send you to hell. That, that, that isn't something that God really exalts in, okay? Because he's, he's a kind God, and he's a good God, and he's a merciful God. And you know what he's looking for from you? Mm. Humility and a humble heart to come before him and say, I have been a very bad man, and I am very sorry because you've been very good to me, and you sent your son to die for me, and I'm sorry. And you turn from your sins, and you put your trust in his son, the Savior, and he says, out of his kindness, he will save you, and he will adopt you as his child. That's what he's looking to do with you. That, by the way, is your purpose in life, is to glorify God. So I would... You're thinking big thoughts, man, and cryptonomics or whatever that that stuff is. Jesus asked a really big question. He said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his very soul? And your soul is precious. You don't want to die. You don't want to go to hell. That's not God's desire either. He would like to save you and demonstrate his kindness if you'll repent and trust the Savior. So, Jeremy, I'd ask you to think about it today. That's all I can do. I can club you over the head and you know, make you believe it. It's not what he's looking for anyway. Yeah. But I would simply challenge you to think about your conscience, that courtroom in your mind, and it probably agrees with what I'm saying, and know that you've got a Savior. You've got a God who will forgive you, the only God that exists, if you'll repent and put your trust in Jesus. Do you have a Bible? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought you were reading. When was the last time you read that thing? Uh, a couple months ago. Can I challenge you to read it immediately and see if well, what I'm saying is true? I have to go to my, my okay. class in like two minutes. But. Okay, you don't want to cut class. But please crack that. Go find it today, okay? Because mm-hmm. if what I'm saying is true, you got a big problem today. God's your enemy right now. And you don't want him on the enemy side. But he'll bring you onto his side if you'll repent and trust him. So read and see if what I'm saying is true. Will you do that at least? Okay. I mean, it's your soul we're talking about. Yeah. All right? Thanks for the chat, okay, dude? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it. That's going to do it not only for that chat with Jeremy, but also our day here today on Witness Wednesday. It's been a very, very interesting day from Kip and Riley to Lisette to Jeremy here. And Jeremy was a bit of a thinker. It's clear that he's looking and searching, and let's hope that he finds the answers and the clarity and the truth that he's looking for. He's definitely heard the truth today. Be praying for that young man. All right. And plan on coming back here for more witness encounters just like this next Wednesday and plan on coming back here tomorrow for more wretched radio. And until then, go serve your king.